Dady Lady. The Book Club of Love. Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. Oh, boy. Heartbreak part five. Yep, we're going to do it. We're going to try our best. We'll see how far we get. Originally, when we were planning on doing this, I just did like every chat. I was just like, I know we're only supposed to do three at a time, but I didn't even think about it. And I plowed ahead and did all of them. Well, let's see if we can. Let's see how far we can get. Okay. okay. All right. We're on chapter 13. We left off at 12. Mm -hmm. Um, Chapter 13 is called Truth Serum Part 1. And I'm going to read a little recap. Flo goes to an EMDR workshop. Flo's the writer. Flo's the writer. What's her last name? Rida. Low Rida, yeah. yeah. Uh, where she processes grief over her husband and Ennis, the fucking dude she picked. <laughs> I, I know, know, I she... know, Bura. Okay, so we start with Ennis admits he preys on newly separated women. Good to know. Because? They're easy. Because they're so easy. They're fragile. Great. That's wonderful. You get a kick in the balls. Her co-parenting is going smoothly. Her EMDR releases heavy emotion without judging. Mm -hmm. You know about EMDR. Do you agree with that as a thing? Yeah. I have one quote here that I liked. I'm just going to read it real quick. We become insufferably self-absorbed because we feel our personal survival is at stake is what happens when people don't let go of their sad stuff. The trauma. Their trauma. And uh, we're going to come back to that. Next. Oh, this is an interesting idea. Memory becomes just a story, not a relived experience on page 159. I'm not really doing a recap anymore. I'm just saying things I liked. I just, Say that again. Memory becomes just a story, not a relived experience. So the, when you have memories, it's it's a story that you're telling. We learned about this when we did Alex Cor- Dr. Alex Korb's book. Yeah, your, your memories are like a memory the last time you had the memory. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're constantly changing it yeah, and, so and usually making it worse. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I just have this as a bullet point. Classic displacement, really? Question mark. I made these notes a while ago. Uh, and then at the end, a barfy story about her husband and would-be lovers. And I think I remember what that one is. <laughs> Should we just okay? Let's just go through thirteen then. Okay. Because that sounds that sounds like a good place to. Can we just do one chapter today, Vera? Yes. Let's okay, do it. Fine. Let's do it. All right. It opens with Ennis, who is this man that she dated after. Is he the first one she? Yeah. She met him at a conference, and she told him a little bit of what about what she was doing. And of course, if you guys don't remember, she got dumped by her husband after like 30 years yeah. and she her heart is completely heartbroken that's why she wrote a book called heartbreak so this ennis guy was like that's interesting let me pray upon you yeah he, she has him come stay with her and he's he says specific awful things that please go back and listen to our other episodes and he also has a harem of women but he so in this first little bit he says he likes to he deliberately tries to date newly separated women because they're so easy I, I just want to say, like, there's one, I've talked about this one guy who I dated. What are you smiling about? I'm, I'm smiling about the time I said that she lost the Ennis match. <laughs> Jesus. But now I'm listening. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> thousand yard stare. Oh, something good was happening. <laughs> I'm, re- it, I'm okay. remembering the time Remem- that I said that. Remember, it's just yeah. a story. And now but it's, it's much better. It is much better. <laughs> I, I told the story about a, a guy who took photographs of me nude, the first person I ever let do that. You had more than one people take a, nude photographs of you? Well, I've taken nude photographs of me. Okay, you don't count. I mean, but they exist, so, they, so kind of. I mean... I had two nude photographs, photographers. Who's the other one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paget Brewster. Paget Brewster. She took photos of me in her backyard as Venus before I cut off my three-foot-long hair. Uh-huh. It was so scary to me. I had like an out-of-body experience the entire time. And then the second one was when I was pregnant, and I had photographs taken of me with the baby in the tummy. You didn't know that? No, who took those? Chris. Haston. Haston. Kate Flannery's 
partner. Yes. Wait, but a Molotov cocktail took, what's his name? Marlon cocktail took a photo. He took nude photos of you. Um, you already said I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say semi nude though. Okay. Yeah. Those were sexy. I guess so. Yeah. There's, there's some nude ish. Wow. That's three photographers. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. I took, just so you know, if you, if you, when I die and you have to go through my photos. Yeah. I did an entire photo shoot when I was very, very pregnant of myself. Yeah, you did your boudoir, boudoir. sesh. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Robin Perrine did some. Oh. But I also took some, like, increasingly naked photos. For who? For me. <laughs> okay. Because I would never let anyone take, like, nude, nude photos. I wish I had taken more photos of myself when I was pregnant. And and also when I was just, like, through the entire experience, I wish. You know, for the, lo- for the longest time, I'm just like, God, I feel fat, you know, when you have, like, the four-month bump or whatever. Like, I feel like I have a beer belly. I wish oh, I had yeah. taken photos of all that. Yeah, I didn't really do that. God damn it. People who are pregnant take take photos of the entire thing. Go ahead, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. So he t- so we were about to break up, and he said, you know what? You was- told the story. Yeah, I was, like, 28, and he's like, you'll yeah. never look this gorgeous again. He said so many stupid things. One of them was he told me, I hesitate to say this, but I think it's important. He told me once that he had sex with a woman who was overweight Mm. because he wanted to know what that physically felt like oh and I was horrified by it and I should have called him out on it but I didn't know to so he he had sex with her and with no intention of ever having sex with her again and I didn't quite understand what that was and now I see that's just that is the most dehumanizing thing I've ever heard in my life what do you say when somebody you're dating is sitting next to you and those words come out of his mouth. What the fuck? Well, I'm sure I was not supportive of it, but I didn't. No, tell I would. Him I would be in. Disgusted. I would be in shock. I mean, I, yeah, in shock in the way that I just wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to respond to that either. I mean, I, I, I don't think I would have had a good. I, I don't think I would have had the appropriate response either. Is what I'm trying to say. That's so off the wall, ridiculous. Yeah. It's a really we- it's a really weird thing for somebody to say. To say with pr- with pride or not yeah. even if it wasn't with pride it was I don't remember what tone he said it in but he was not embarrassed because he Okay, look, if you're in if anybody's in this situation again, what you do is you turn to the person, you go, "Well, you know what? I had sex with a creep." <laughs> yes. To see what that was like. That's what you say. Yes. I had sex with a creep. With a fucking creep. With a fucking gross, weird creep. Just for a story to tell my friends. Yes. And then you get on the phone. <laughs> Guess what I... <laughs> I'm sorry, Barb. That sucks. And uh, I'm sorry, dear woman, whoever had to put up with that disgustingness. Gross, yeah. Gross, gross, Um, This is someone who sleeps with a lot of people. Like, this is not someone... Once. I'm just saying, like... No, I wonder... You know what I'm thinking now? I'm thinking she dumped him, and he's like, "I'm gonna, yeah, I got you know now, I got a story. I got to tell the story." Probably, Vera. All right, um, but, that's but, what I choose to believe, anyway. But now, so just because, because this book, I don't know. I just can I go on one more tangent off God, after please that? Please do. There's like talk now. We're very aware of calling shit when we see it, and that is how to be an ally. Yeah, I'm just talking about the entire spectrum of how to be an ally in life. I dated someone who was covered in tattoos, mm-hmm. and he sent me a photo of himself holding a baby. Mm-hmm. I-, I clocked the baby, and then, of course, I scanned every tattoo because I... Because you love tattoos? Because I love tattoos. No, because I was I wanted to know what was up with all the tattoos. What is, what is so important you would put it permanently on your body until you raise the funds to get it removed? No, because <laughs> I love tattoos. <laughs> I, love, I, I think tattoos are awesome, but... They scare me. 
I'm not talking about face tattoos. No, oh, oh. no, but that's that will be the next tangent. <laughs> okay. No, we got the book, Barbara. No, we are, I know. I just want to finish the sentence. Okay. This thing, though. Okay. And, and I never wanted to mention this because I didn't. He'd said a couple times, like, yeah, not all, like, not all my tattoos. You know, they're flash. Some of them are just flash. You know, uh, he had a very famous, you know, traditional tattoo artist do his mm-hmm. tattoos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he made the point of telling me some of them were flash, mm-hmm. which is artwork that is standard on the wall that you just point to, like thirty-seven, and I'll take that or whatever. It's like an anchor with a mermaid. It's on all it. that shit. Okay. So I scanned his body really quickly and saw that there was a Confederate flag on his Yeehaw. leg. Yeehaw. And I knew at that moment everything would change because there is no way I can take in all that I've learned and not fucking say something about the Confederate flag. The thing about the Confederate flag, though, is that even if you love the Confederate flag, the Confederate flag stands for something that's not very nice. No, <laughs> it's unacceptable. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was the flag. It was a it was on a bandana around a skulls. <laughs> What? Wait, shit. what? <laughs> no, this is the thing, Vera. It was like, it was like, I don't know. It was like a bow tie. <laughs> you know, it was like a bow tie or like a pair of socks or something. It was like, it wasn't Wait, the fucking what? flag. The image of the flag was on clothing that a skull was wearing, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe the skull was, listen. Look. Maybe the skull <laughs> was cold. Yes. Number one. They were driving through the South. Yes. They didn't have stop. a lot of, didn't have a lot of money on them. Yes. And there was one truck stop that they There's had. one truck stop. Only one. And that's where they found their bandana. No. Socks. <laughs> Let me wrap this up. Do you up. know that the bones are the money and the worms are the money of the skeletons? You haven't finished watching. I think you should leave. <laughs> we're, we're, I think we should. <laughs> and that's the train. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Let me just finish, Vera. Yes. I knew I had to say something Mm -hmm. because I couldn't be the person that (laughs) didn't say the thing, even though we'd been dating for only two weeks. You got it. And it is such an uncomfortable position to be in. Yeah. But I would be a big fucking hypocrite if I didn't say, What's up with your racist tattoo? Yeah. So the way it played out, it it changed our dynamic because I said, I'm not really into Confederate flags. (laughs) And he was like, um, I could have sworn I read that on your bumble. Right. Into, <laughs> oh, didn't you that's have that, what that meant. Didn't you have an emoji? So, what so happened? he, said, so what he happened? said, look, I don't agree with what the Confederate flag stands for. It was flash that I got a long time ago. I let someone choose. I can't cover up my tattoo because a woman I met two weeks ago told me to. And I said, you're right. It, it, you can't. You, But you have about a thousand billion reasons other than that. Right? I just had to leave it, though. Yeah. But the fact that I said something I think was very important. I don't think he's a racist. I think it's privilege. It's privilege. You can get a tattoo and not have to worry about offending. That's so bonkers, though. I mean, he, it's a different culture. Like, he is part of a different culture. I'm putting money on he's a good person. But it's like, that's what that feels like. I finally got a taste of what it was to say the thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it's it encourages other people who are, who are racist. To, it normalizes something that is racist. Can you imagine being able to walk around with something like that on where you see people every single day to whom that is incredibly offensive and hateful. Yeah. And just to be like, you deal with it. I mean, I don't think he did have to deal with it much because it was on a place where, you know, it doesn't show up all the time. It was on his wing. Yeah. On the end of his wing. Yeah. Right. You are just on fire today. Jesus Christ. And he had a baby in that photo. Gross. (laughs) Okay.
Um, Moving on. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so call. So I think to sum up, um, call call out assholes. Okay, bye. What's next? Um, well, okay. Well, we're on the part where it says the the insufferably self-absorbed because we feel our personal survival is at stake. Reminded me of some times when I was very. I had, I just. Oh man. You know, housing is a problem. Yeah. And there is a period. I'm sort of okay with it right now, but there was a period where I became very, very, very absorbed with the idea of not having a permanent place to live. Yeah. And it became sort of an obsession. And I just remember I went to my very old friends. You know, I was fr- we were friends with the family. We went to the funeral of this woman. We're at the little reception afterwards and stuff, and she asked me how I was doing the daughter, mm-hmm. the daughter who used to babysit me. And I started talking about how I couldn't um, afford a house. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, because that was what was on my mind yeah. 24-7. Yeah. I've also noticed I have uh, other friends who are going through stuff, and we'll be at a party, and they will start talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty good at listening, and I actually like to listen to people talking, and I think I'm a good listener, and sometimes I can even offer a little bit of insight or something like that. I feel bad for people who go to parties and talk about their trauma, because they should be enjoying themselves at a party. And if you are one of those people, I encourage you to get therapy, because... Don't waste your party time when you could be hanging out with your friends, reliving this stuff. It's very easy for trauma to just come up and then you start talking about it. Yeah. You know, there's sort of a blurred line between like, I'm at a party hanging out. I'm with my friend. We're going to talk about some real stuff. I I do completely understand that. Do yourself a favor and whatever that trauma is, don't let it uh, monopolize your entire life. You should be dancing. We had a really good tea the other day. Yes, we did. Did we talk about trauma then? No, but there was an opportunity for someone to have been upset during the tea. That doesn't involve trauma, Barbara. Why are you bringing that up? (laughs) Because we spent the entire time laughing. Yes, we did. Like from start to finish. Yes. (laughs) Like about every every fucking thing was a joke. (laughs) Can I give a quick recap? Yeah. Me and Barbara and our friends Ashley and Tammy got together we made plans to go to Huntington Botanical Gardens to have tea because they just opened their tea house yes and we've been trying to do it for a long time and I had been sitting for like the last couple of days making these dresses that I'll talk about at a different time I had I waited for you because I didn't know if I could go into the park without you and then you came here and you're like you could have gone in and then I was just like "Uh." yeah and you took off for the tea thing because you're a little bit late and then I started walking I was like I can't do this and I walked away and I texted you guys and just said I'm not coming yeah and then I started walking around the park and I was like wait a second this is what is bothering me yeah I haven't moved yeah I haven't moved like I started walking and I felt better and I was like well fuck what do I do now I sent a text to you guys saying I'm going home I feel cranky and Ashley had sent a little message saying won't you won't you walk on over to the tea room yeah so I did that. And yeah. then I walked in and then I came in, pre- um, pretended to spit in your water and threw your hat on the floor. And that was really funny, right? And then I said that um, you weren't allowed to sit down, that we crossed you <laughs> off the reservation. So we did that. <laughs> and they had no more tea. They yeah. only had three teas. <laughs> but it was a way to, for me to acknowledge the fact that I had been cranky, like mm-hmm. a little baby, because I really was cranky. Like physically, yeah. everything in me was just felt like, Ugh! Yeah. But I was like, instead of fucking blowing this nice day. That we'd set up for months. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, Ashley very nicely looked at me and said, I drove an hour to see you. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> but it was like, instead of like, I, I didn't feel embarrassed. Yeah. I didn't feel angry. I didn't feel anything but just like grateful to have friends who were willing to laugh at me for having been cranky. Yeah. And I like the fact that I admitted I was cranky. Yes. I like the fact that you guys... <laughs> That you and I kind of picked on each other a teeny weeny bit because yeah. you know that we can take it from each other. Yes, Not yes. in a mean way at all. And then we had this amazing tea for like the next hour. So anyway. Yeah. All right. Book. You know what we should do? 
Twin Sight, one chapter. <laughs> Can we do that? This fucking book is never going to end, Vera. No, it's not. But everybody, uh, this is a good book. So, okay. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Backpacking, EMDR. Okay, I'm going to read the part about, oh, the classic displacement thing. Oh, I know. Okay, here, here's a sentence. Here's a sentence. Wait, wait, I do not like it. 162. Okay, can I just tell you on 161, just I have a post that says, Ennis the garbage toy. <laughs> okay. okay. And, and then next, sorry, 162. It's no, Ennis is also a tool. Yes. Okay, okay. so we both agree on that. She She's with uh, somebody, Chelsea. They're at a salad place. Who's Chelsea? I don't know. Her friend. She She's telling her friend about Ennis, how, how upset Ennis had made her. You know, Ennis, the dude who preys on uh, single women. And she, her friend Chelsea goes, interesting, she said, picking through her coleslaw. How does she remember that detail? You realize those feelings about Ennis are really about your husband, right? I looked at her. It's classic displacement, she said. And I say, Chelsea, get your head out of your ass. Ennis was a piece of shit. That's why I have the post that says, no, Ennis <laughs> is also a tool. Yes. <laughs> Damn, you know what, Flo? I hope you understand that Ennis was garbage. Okay, last part. She has a little, uh, two or three little paragraphs. I'm doing uh-huh. this hand motion here. Yeah. Paragraphs where she's talking about her husband. This is the part um, where I said the Barfy story about the husband. Um, so the husband, it turns out, had told her uh, that he had feelings for another woman. I'm just going to read this and you can cut it down to what okay. you want, okay? That final afternoon of the workshop, we had one more memory retrieval. A totally new scene with my husband came to me. This is an EMDR workshop, right? I think so. Yes. Okay. A totally new scene with my husband came to me, one that I hadn't even remembered to put on the timeline. It was shortly after he had told me that he was again thrown by his feelings of love for another woman, that it hadn't developed into a physical relationship and that he didn't know what he wanted to do that's what you that's what you usually talk to your spouse about right we'd gone to a party and she was there he didn't know i knew who she was it was unbearable to watch him with her on that night i realized i would soon need to ask him a very hard question either let's fix us please or let's just stop altogether because if this keeps happening i can't keep watching it um you know honestly we are when I read this, I thought of a, a situation where I worked with someone and we started having lunches and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And he was married. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to a holiday party mm. and seeing, I mean, and I was not the only person he was like, you know, flirting with. So there was someone else who was even more of an issue than I was. But I remember watching her walk in and how wild her eyes were. She came late and just to this holiday party and she was dressed up and just watching her walk through the crowd with this look on her face, I felt so terrible for her. Just like scanning and like trying to, she found a friend and they were like, but just the discomfort on her face, that's what this reminded me of. It is such an awful feeling to be, um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I'm going to say it's not an uncommon experience. And um, I don't know, partners need to know that their partners are aware when. But also, maybe if you're having, you know, questions about whether or not you love somebody, you shouldn't ask your spouse to weigh in. Well, I mean, it's, there's a desperation. I don't know if you're, you tell me about this more than, I mean. You know, maybe a year into being with Blaine, he told me that he wasn't sure he wanted to be with me we'd had a fight and then um like he he would call me and just be like well, I don't know I don't know and then like the second or third time he called me I said Blaine I cannot hold your hand while you break up with me yeah and then after that he decided that he did want to be with me there's no third person involved but don't hold the hand of your partner who's trying to get the fuck away from you <laughs> that's all I gotta say 
That is very different, though, than the story that you're telling about the wild-eyed spouse who knows that coming from some direction is going to be some person who's uh, unwanted in her relationship with her own husband. Well, I, I don't even know if she knew, like, exactly, but she certainly got a sense that something wasn't right, and yeah. here she was in this foreign environment. I thought that's... I misunderstood why you brought this up. Oh, well, that... You're saying, like, you're saying don't ask your partner. Yeah, I think we're talking about two different things. I'm saying maybe your partner isn't the person you should confide in when you fall in love with somebody else. And then maybe you shouldn't indulge your partner who doesn't know if he's in love with somebody else. Yeah. Maybe you should go, dude, this is maybe one thing to not talk to me about specifically. So, um, but the thing you're talking about is heartbreaking as well. And, and I, and I've been, I have been, I have the wife. fucking too. I have been the wife. I have too. Not, I mean, not, not with my husband, but I've been the person yes. who shows up at the work event and yes. it's like that girl, that girl, I can tell by the way that they're interacting and the yeah. fact that one of them was calling at home and you know, the other one, there was lots of rumors. And then the other, then the other one you said, maybe you wanted to be, you know, it's like those things, those yeah. little tip offs. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's like those subtle hints. <laughs> It's fun. That's all. It's fun. Look, can we try and do one more chapter just to get... No, Barb. No, I refuse. Okay. <laughs> so no, you're saying... Okay. All right. You're not going to want to edit this, so we're going to do... Okay. 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 Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.